Hey, Soma Midtown, Brandon Shields here. It is Tuesday, June the 9th, and I want to welcome you to another episode of our podcast designed to help you practice the way of Jesus in a time of global pandemic and social unrest. Today, I want to continue a thought that we began yesterday on uh, this idea of being a contemplative activist, a phrase that was coined, to my knowledge, by Henry Nouwen, but has been practiced uh, for centuries in uh, in the global church. And this idea of, glo- of contemplative activism, again, is pairing uh the idea of being a contemplative or having a deep commitment to one's interior life and communion with God, and then pairing that with a a deep commitment to um, action in the world that embodies uh, the kingdom of God's love and bears witness to the kingdom of God's love. And so what I said was, um, if we don't have a deep interior life, we're not going to be able to sustain life in the world. And so what I want to do is explore uh, three practices this week that are part of the contemplative tradition that help us um, yeah, connect with God on that deep level and open ourselves up kind of fully to the presence and the power of God so that we can sustain uh, the life that God has for us to live as we pour ourselves out for other people. And the first of those I want to look at today is uh, solitude. And I want to talk about how solitude renews our presence in the world. And so I want to start with a scripture, um, Luke chapter five. And uh, Luke chapter five has this to say about uh, Jesus. Despite Jesus's plea that his miracles must be kept secret, the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is a pattern that we see in the life of Jesus, that as the crowds grow and his popularity spreads, the news about him, his ministry of healing and restoration and redemption begins to just catch fire throughout the ancient world, the ancient Near Eastern world. Um, Jesus, instead of kind of leveraging that or uh, IPOing or taking that as an opportunity to expand his brand or become an influencer, he does something counterintuitive. He will step away from the crowds. And Mark and other places we see that usually this was early in the morning. Jesus would get up before everyone else and he would go out to um, what could be called a lonely place or a desolate place uh, or a desert place. And he would just spend time alone hearing the voice of his father. And you see this solitude is really key. It's easy to miss, but it's key to the ministry. And I believe the power Um, and the presence that Jesus brought into his life in the world. And so this is what we would call uh, solitude, the practice of solitude. And solitude just simply means withdrawing from the presence of others to be ourselves with God. So solitude does not mean necessarily being solitary or completely alone. It's withdrawing from the presence of others to be ourselves with God, to be alone with God. So we're never truly alone. We're really creating space to be alone with God. Solitude is all about freedom, right? Like freedom from these day-to-day patterns of feeling and thought and action um, that we live in the world. We get immersed in the rhythms and the thinking and the emotions and the urgency of the moment in a world that is mostly set against God, a culture that is set against God and his kingdom. And so really solitude is an opportunity to disrupt those automatic patterns that we live in 
and um, allow us to step into the freedom of integrating uh, our interior life with with God's, our spirit with God's, our soul with God's, our mind with God's mind, our heart with God's heart. So solitude is this place of transformation. Henry Nouwen says, solitude is the furnace of transformation. Without solitude, we remain victims of, of our society and continue to be entangled in the illusions of the false self. And so we see um, that solitude starts with withdrawal. We intentionally take time to withdraw from um, kind of our normal rhythms and patterns and habits. Um, and again, f- uh, for some of us, this is maybe uh, a little bit of time, but, you know, 30 minutes in the morning. Maybe this is an extended time, a couple of hours through the day. Maybe even for some of us, this is an opportunity to retreat and pull back from life for a couple of days uh, or more even. Um, but it starts with withdrawing. And as we withdraw, we... we um, we withdraw to find healing. And so it's really about encounter, encountering God uh, in our bodies, with our minds and our souls and our hearts open to God. And I had one of these experiences last week. I mentioned this yesterday where I just hit the wall at the end of a very busy week and a lots of uh, emotionally intense, uh, mentally taxing conversations and events. Uh, I was done. And um, our family just took some time to pull back. We left town went down to spend some time with family. And uh, I just needed that time to kind of turn off uh, everything that had been going on, turn off the news, turn off my phone for the most part, and just get in the presence of uh, family and loved ones, take some long walks, have some uh, long periods of time just to read uh, historical biography, read fiction. And it was just great. I was so tired. And I don't even think I realized it until I got into that place of solitude, how dangerously tired I was, this deep soul fatigue that I could just feel like this apathy. I could feel compulsion kind of uh, kind of stirring in me. And so it was just a good time to, to pull away, to be able to name those things that I was feeling, those things that I was thinking, uh, to kind of just collect myself and just let whatever is be. Um, and, and that's what happens in solitude. It's a place where we, we name uh, our feelings and man, it's it's hard. It's hard to get into a posture of solitude. It's hard to create that space because there's so much distraction, right? There's there's the deception of the enemy who doesn't want us to hear our Father's voice. And even when you get into that place, it can be kind of uh, you know there's a lot of distraction even in that place, right? My mind is distracted. My heart is distracted, which is why, honestly, I don't like to go to solitude a lot because in my solitude, I have to face myself. I have to face my own apathy. I have to face and confront my own demons. I have to face and confront my sin. I have to look at my wounds and see how that's impacting my presence in the world. And um, and so all of that should be expected. All of that's normal, but but really it's it's this place of pushing through those distractions with God's grace and discerning God's invitation, hearing his voice and discerning what he's doing in our lives. This is, this is really what withdrawal is all about, what solitude is all about. It's a place to hear the voice of God, discerning God's presence and his invitation to us. What is his spirit doing in my life? And how do I need to respond to that in a way that's congruent with what the spirit is doing? Right, and so um, this is a powerful thing, and it can renew our presence in the world because it 
it, it stops us. It keeps us from being compulsive, from being reactive, from being anxious and restless and trying to just run around and fix everybody and fix everything and, and think that we've got the solutions or we've got the answers. Really, it puts us in touch with the spirit in a really powerful way. And, uh, and that kind of creative absence, now one talks about this idea of creative absence, that creative absence where we withdraw from um, kind of our normal patterns, even if it's just for 90 minutes, even if it's just for an hour or 30 minutes. Um, it's an opportunity also to break people's dependency on us, on our ideas, our competency, our gifting, which is ultimately good for them and why some people don't like for us to withdraw. Um, but really withdrawal is not just for the sake of withdrawal. It's always in service of returning. And we see that Jesus goes out into the wilderness, uh, goes out into these lonely places, um, and then he returns and God sends him back into the world to heal, to preach, and to accomplish his redemptive purposes. So there's this rhythm of withdraw and engage, withdraw and return. And it's the same rhythm that we need in our own lives. So what does it look like for us to step into solitude? What would it look like for you to step into solitude today? I don't know what that looks like. And I know that may seem impossible given your schedule, given your commitments, but I just want to encourage you. This has been a regular practice in my life for several years now. And I honestly crave it now. Like I can't go without periods of solitude. Um, it's time for me to get into scripture, to pray, to just kind of review what God's doing in my life, uh, to journal a little bit. And so maybe for you, it just starts with what uh, Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, calls little solitudes. Just finding brief little periods throughout your day. Maybe you could find five minutes or 10 minutes where you can just stop and you can pull back. You can go to your car. You can find a quiet place uh, in your neighborhood, uh, in your home. Maybe you, you lock yourself in the bathroom for a few minutes and you just you practice being alone with God. You withdraw, uh, remove distractions, and uh, just listen for the voice of your father. Maybe it looks like uh, a silent retreat or a silent block of time where you could block off a couple of hours. Um, and of course, you're gonna need help. You're gonna need uh, support in that from friends and family. Uh, maybe it looks like a silent retreat where you go down to a cabin, you go out to a lake house, you go find a place for the day. I love to go down by the river downtown here at Indianapolis and just walk around and spend uh, days of, of solitude down there. Whatever it looks like for you, I just want to encourage you to step in, right? Like Jesus, we need to hear the voice of the Father. We need to pay attention to what God's doing and how he's moving. And we need our presence to be renewed. We get so diminished. We get so discouraged. We get so drained in ways that we don't even realize. And we get to the brink of burnout and exhaustion. And what we need in those moments is to be able to step back and get perspective, to experience the healing that the Father has for us. And so my prayer, my hope for you is that you could uh, have a conversation with God right now and you could just ask God, God, what does solitude look like in my life? How can I embrace this rhythm of withdrawal and return? What's keeping me from doing that? Is it pride? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Just name those feelings before God and pay attention to the invitation that God may be issuing you even right now in this moment. What is it God wants you to do? How does he want you to respond? And then just do it. Take some time. Take some time today. Take some time right now as you're driving to work. Turn off a podcast. Turn off the music and just find a place of solitude. Solitude is more than anything else, a posture of the heart. And you carry around that portable sanctuary of the heart with you everywhere that you go.
So I pray for you today that you would step into solitude as a, as a contemplative activist, as one who needs to spend time refreshing and renewing your presence. Um, I pray that this would be a helpful practice for you. Grace and peace to you as you go throughout the rest of this day.